mixed media music. Okay, so today I'm going to be reviewing a piece um, I found on Reddit on our composer called A Misty Planet of Blue. Um, the composer, at least their YouTube name is uh, Jackie Lou. And I did reach out to Jackie Lou a couple times, and I didn't get a response. Um, but, you know, I noticed that nobody commented on this piece um, on Reddit, which is kind of unusual, especially because it's a well-crafted little piece. So I'd like to give some of my thoughts. Normally, I, you know, have dialogued a little bit with some of these composers that I've reviewed, um, and, you know, they have some sense of who I, I am, and I have some sense of who they are. I have no sense of who this person is other than that the, the channel doesn't have any other pieces on it. So I'll uh, add the, the caveat about myself. Um, Jackie, if you're, if you're uh, you know, you know, listen to this and I will post this um, on, on your, your piece uh, in Reddit. Um, but I mostly, I mean, I have a, a classical background, but I also kind of got you know one foot in the classical world one foot in the, the film world so that's going to color some of the things i say and some of the suggestions i make about layout okay so the pretty much all i know about this piece is what uh jackie said on um reddit which is that this is a uh piece um dedicated to their friend who is going through a difficult time, which is a very sweet thing to do, writing a piece of music and something so you know lovely as, as this, um, really nice. I'm, I hope you're that you know helps your friend a little bit, and that is supposed to you know evoke feelings of kind of mystery and coolness and that kind of stuff. Okay, so uh, Irving, do you wanna you wanna pull it off and play some of it? Yeah. Uh, do you want me to pull up the uh, sheet music as well, or is just playing the audio? Okay. Just playing the audio. Okay. Here we go. I don't know. It's. I don't. We probably don't need to listen to all of it. Maybe like the first two and a half, three minutes, something like that. Cool. All right. Playing now.
that about a natural place to stop, more or less? Uh, it's a little hard to tell because... Oh, you can't hear. <laughs> but <laughs> It felt like a natural like to place stop. to stop, at okay. least. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so if you're if you are either watching live or in post production, the way that this happens where, where it's live, it's always a little awkward because I can't hear live as Irving plays. I have to listen to it like on my phone, which is like live, you know, the live stream, and that's delayed. So, okay, just so we understand why that is a little awkward there. Um, okay, so I'm going to assume that that you stopped it in a nice spot. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. And the piece kind of continues in that vein for about five minutes. So it's a nice short little piece. And I appreciate that, for, you know, this is not like a 30 minute piece. You know, I listen to a lot of music from Reddit and not a lot of it stands out to me. And this just kind of stood out to me um, for a lot of really good reasons. Um, so you should j- just know that if, you know, you're listening to this eventually, I, I do not, uh, I don't, I don't pick things that I, you know, do not really enjoy and that don't stand out to me in a lot of good ways. So, yeah. Um, so again, I don't really know anything about your background, but this is very well crafted. I would say, you know, there are some, some things that would maybe make me guess that you're kind of in the, you know, beginning of your com- compositional career, which is totally fine. Um, and, you know, I could be wrong about that, but my impression is that this is probably also just given the fact that you don't have any other music on your channel. Um, and this is probably an early kind of career effort, put that in parentheses, you know, quote, air quotes. Um, but yeah, I think it's really, if that's true, especially, it's very, very well done. So the first thing is, I really like music that is kind of aquatic themed. And this, to me, my impression is that this is somewhat aquatic themed Misty Planet of the Blue. I'm thinking of actually what, well, if I just think of the title, I think of George Fenton and like um, his music for all the these, you know, big nature documentaries like Blue Planet, Planet Earth, Frozen Planet. And the music also suggests that. Even if I didn't know the title, the music would also suggest that. So I have no idea whether you, you, you're even aware of George Fenton's music for Blue Planet and Planet Earth and Frozen Planet. Really interesting stuff. Um, and we'll, I'll talk about that a little bit at the end. But to me, if that's what you're going for, this kind of like natural scene, kind of aquatic in some sense, maybe um, you did a phenomenal job of capturing that, that feeling and that what, your title. Um, and that's that's a really hard thing to do. Titling, I don't know whether you titled the work after you wrote this or you titled, came up with the title and then came out with the piece. Either way, a lot of times descriptive titles, in my opinion, don't always match that well with what is actually written, even if what is written is fantastic. Um, but, you, you know, they fit together really well. I put in my notes. I think George Fenton would be would be proud. So he, again, he's the composer for uh, well, a lot of a lot of film things, but um, in particular, I'm thinking of Planet Blue Planet, Planet Earth, and Frozen Planet. Okay, um, some stuff I really enjoy. I love the melodies and I like the harmony. It's not exactly. It's kind of non-functional harmony. Um, you're just kind of playing with different kind of 
chord sonorities, not like, oh, I'm going one, five, one, you know, standard progression. But it, the harmony works. I think it works very well with the atmosphere that you're creating. And the melody is crafted in such a way, generally, um, your melodic lines that they fit in perfectly with your harmony. I, generally, I think your choice of instruments is great. I love the harp. Now, I harp is an instrument I, I like listening to. I, I will admit I am not an expert on the harp and how to write for the harp. If I want you to come up with anything for a harp, I'm going to ask a harp player what is and is not possible and what is natural because I just don't have much of a sense of that. So there are some things in here that, to my eye at least, um, the harp part look really hard. And I could be totally wrong. I, I need to add, I admit I do not know enough about the harp. I would ask a harp player first um, whether they can play that um, or whether you might just be better off having two harps. Um, so I'll leave that caveat there. But what you have with the harp, you know, what, like the sound, you know, it, what, however it takes to replicate that in real life, whether it's two harps or one player, I think it's really beautiful. Um, piano also could have been another choice, or you could do piano and harp. Um, I think Fenton, in this style of music, go you know defaults to, to piano more often than harp but i think either is a really great choice and overall your choice of instruments i think is is, is you know it works pretty well yeah so some some things i i would consider you know changing or thinking about yeah and you know again this is just my opinion so take it as, as you will um the first thing is since i don't have a sense of of you as a composer uh jackie there's always a question of like what what's the intent of this? Um, other than yes, I know you know you said you dedicated it to your your friend, but in a larger sense, are you like going for you know media music, like writing something for you know a, a film or a video game, or are you just you're, are you trying to write concert music? And that will determine a few things about how you lay things out. And if you watch any of these other episodes these you know reviews i've done i i will always talk about that um so we're going to get into some stuff about the layout but you know keep in mind that like if you are there's slightly different standards um for concert music and uh media music and there's also just a question of like is this something you would prefer you know are you just writing for for your computer are you kind of actually in the back of your head like thinking about um, real musicians playing this because um, again it does change things a little bit you know if you're going to have real musicians play it there's some other decisions you might want to make so i'm going to assume here that ultimately most people want real people to play their music so we're going to operate with that assumption if you are thinking of media music measure numbers every measure is is the standard it should be the standard in concert music as well um it, it's not although it's always helpful if you do that. Yeah. The other thing is you, uh, your score, at least on the video you put up on YouTube, is uh, in, in concert pitch. Uh, so there's no transposition, which is the standard in film music and media music for their scores, for like the conductor scores, not for the parts, but the conductor scores. So that that is the, the film standard. In the concert world, you want you want a transposing score. 
So you don't want everything like you have the horns, which are in F. You want them notated, you know, a fifth higher than 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 you do. So just keep that in mind, depending on what you're kind of thinking of when you write this, what your ultimate purpose is. Okay, so onto a couple things that apply no matter what your kind of musical world is. And a lot of this is going to have to do with like layout. You know, you might say, well, these are kind of silly details thinking about layout and, and notation, but th they're not really, especially if you want real people to play them. If you really don't want people to play it, then okay, it's not an issue. But one, um, you know, you want your score to look professional to anybody who's going to going to see it. You know, it, there's just when things look really professional, it's easier to take you know take them seriously. And um, also, if you have people reading them, real musicians, then there are things that are going to make it harder for them to read. So we want to get we want to get rid of some of those, uh, make it easier for people to read them. Okay, so I uh, the big thing is like. Uh, Overall layout, we want to make sure that we group with brackets uh, the families of instruments. So you have some kind of interesting bracket choices that don't really align with families. So you want woodwinds all bracketed together and separated, a little bit of space. Okay, and then you can within that have a sub subgrouping of related instruments. So like flute and piccolo, but you don't have piccolo, but you have a subgrouping of flute and oboe. I would group oboe and English horn together, that kind of thing. All right, so group families of instruments together, separate them, and then subgrouping of related instruments. I'll make it much clearer for a conductor reading it. Um, and there, You can see lots of examples of how to do this properly um, in a book like Behind Bars. OK, so you want to make sure that one of the, especially if something's, if it's in like a, like a odd numbered meter, like three, four, it's a little bit different, but anything that's in an even number meter, like four, four, which is what we're in, um, you want to show the middle of the bar. Okay. So you want to make sure that if something is crossing over the middle of, you know, in between, like beat two to three, um, that we like we don't have notes that go over that. So like, if kind of hard to illustrate, but there are a lot of places where you kind of just put like actual values instead of tying things together, where, where it make a lot more sense if you're reading it. I know if I would were to read some of this stuff, like sight read it, um, in a recording session. I would have to like sit down and say, wait, where's the beat in some of these places? Okay. So we want to think about that. And again, you can like, there's great sources on the stuff like Behind Bars is a kind of a standard book in all parts of the music industry for how to, you know, like cleanly notate bars and, you know, beats like that. Okay. So I know that's kind of getting into some like, nitty gritty details, but I think that'll make it much better if someone is going, you want someone to play this kind of music one day. Okay, so a few other quick things. You generally, your dynamics are mezzo piano and lower. You very little of it goes above a mezzo piano. And so, so two, two comments on that. 
number one, that's not really what your um, your audio sounds like to me. It sounds like it's a little bit louder than that, um, which could just be how you mix it or maybe how it just came out of the box um, with whatever program you're using. So you might want to think about that. Do you want what the audio sounds like or do you want what you wrote? And if you do want what you wrote, which is fine, but you want to keep in mind that it's going to be really hard for an entire orchestra to play very quietly the entire way through. We'll also, make sure you indicate how many instruments are going to play a part. Like how many flutes do you have? You know, how many horns do you have on horn one part, first horn part, and second horn part? Um, I think that's important. Okay. I would also note that in real life, your percussion, like you have snare drum, bass drum, and gong, I think you, you note it as, especially the snare drum, is going to sound very different um, unless you, you know, note that you want some certain, like particular effects with it. It's going to sound a little bit different in real life than it does with your sound font, whatever sound font you're using. So just keep that in mind. Oh, also, you want to make sure that some you pay really close attention again if this is ever going to, this or anything you write perform live. But you pay attention to the directions because you have some places where you're like pizzicato and this like I don't know maybe in the cello it's pizzicato arco and then the next mark is arco. Um, so the question is, did you go back to pizzicato at some point or is that just an stray stray arco because we're already in arco? One one other thing that stands out to me is generally you have uh, kind of almost like five-part chorale texture and a lot of it with, the, with your strings. You know, all, all the string parts, including the basses, kind of um, doing their own kind of chorale style writing. Um, and that's not ter terribly common in the classical world. It's much, much more common in the contemporary film and video game world for producing kinds of you know, different kinds of effects. Um, although normally you won't, you, you don't tend to see the bass being independent, too independent of a cello, which it is for you. Um, so yeah, you know, it, depending on what kind of world and what kind of effect you want, that could be very, very effective. It's very effective in a lot of films. If you pretty much put on almost any any film that is not like John Powell right now, even John Powell will do stuff like this. But you know put on almost any film or a lot of video game music and you will find that kind of thing. It may be a good, you know, example came, comes to the top of my head um, is, is John Williams. Um, if you go to the soundtrack uh, for Revenge of the Sith, I get a track Anakin's Betrayal. That's a good example of like what that kind of effect is going to sound like in real life. Um, you might want to just listen to that and note that it's really hard. It's going to be a really thick texture, and it's going to be hard to keep it really, really soft. It'll be a little bit louder than than you know, than I think you notated in some spots. Yeah. So that's the main thing. You know, it, you could also choose maybe add mutes to it if you think it's going to be a little bit too loud. You know, so I would study some examples of that. And the Anakin's betrayal is a good example, but there are pretty much any film or video game you turn on is going to have something like this. So just, you know, think about whether that's something you want. Um, yeah. So I know that's a whole lot of, uh, a lot of stuff there, but I think, you know, the notation stuff, if you want this 
or and you miss it to be performed live one day will really make it much easier for that to happen um because this is this is really really fantastic stuff um you know your, your sense of harmony and melody kind of matching a harmony that isn't you know traditional that's really really you know kind of advanced stuff it sounds really really lovely to me um and again you really did a fantastic job of capturing capturing you know your, your, this, the title and this this sense of kind of nature and murkiness but all, and, and you know light different shades of that really awesome if you are not familiar with george fenton and the music for um blue planet planet earth and frozen planet like i said i think fenton would be proud of what you wrote um i would just go go listen to some of that and actually the scores for those three um documentary series the live in concert like reduction to like you know maybe i don't know like an hour and a half two hour long you know best moments of for each of them the scores for those are actually online legally on issue.com and i can send a put a link out later but you can actually look at george fenton's writing for these things um and he goes a, for a little bit um kind of larger grander texture um and so different kind of string writing so it might be interesting just to see um if you're interested in looking at that but i think you know and what i, I probably are not at all thinking of, of George Fenton and Blue Planet when you're writing this, but I think I think um, it's really cool that you are kind of in that world anyway. And like I said, you know, your title, I think of, 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 of Fenton and the music, I think of Fenton, even if I didn't know the title. So that's really awesome that you're like writing him as, you know, this kind of style and you're doing it so well. So awesome job, Jackie Lou, great, great piece. Cool. That's some uh, high praise. And I'll give my uh, two do- two dollar opinion as uh, is tradition. I thought it was pretty. It's <laughs> about what I got. <laughs> cool. Hopefully, uh, you said Jackie is the name. Yeah, Jackie Lou is the name on the uh, YouTube channel. So, well, I assume that's the composer's name. Hopefully, Jackie, you can uh, check this out and. Uh, if you ever want to get interviewed uh, in a later podcast episode at your convenience, um, you can totally do that. We always like to pick people's brains and see where they're at. And uh, yeah, it's just a fun thing to do. So hit us up if you're interested and uh, just let us know if you thought things that doing this sort of thing is kind of cool. <laughs> Y'all think too small, I got big dreams. You just start I'm way ahead at the end scenes. Started reading and dodging all of the quick schemes. Money like your Spotify, boy, I got 10 streams. And I'm still looking for more. My people, they got a saw. I'm putting that on the Lord. Ain't accepting, ignore. Just kicking down all the doors. Guarantee you, boy, if I ask for it, it's got to be real big. I got to make it just for my kids and for their kids. It's kids, that's wealth years and years.